Hello, hello. Welcome to the Eddie Conversation Podcast. My name is Eddie V. Hill, and I am your host. Uh, joining me today for episode 94 is Kyle Stevens. Yes. Hi, how's it going, everybody? Welcome, welcome. Uh, Kyle is a... I, I would describe you as... I met you initially as a script supervisor at uh, one of our local meetups uh, here in L.A. And a director, script supervisor... Also a director, but there is how else? How how do you describe yourself? That's that's pretty much the gist of it. Yeah, direct writer director, and then I do script supervision, uh, pretty much full time for like income. I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> I can relate. <clears throat> okay, let's let's just start with some context on the journey. Before we jump into processes and hearing about, because I want to talk about like directing processes, and I know you've been you've been posting a lot on your Instagram about like sharing a little bit of behind of your research and how you prep for some writing and different aspects that you're diving into with learning color and reading on editing and all these kinds of things. So I know I want to jump into all of that, but before we do that, uh. <clears throat> I'm. I don't want to assume. So, what's the what's the before we get into journey? I'm just. What's the dream? Let's just clarify the dream up front. Okay, so the dream for me, uh, mainly is like I I I want to write featured films, um, of my own, and uh, direct them. That's 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 the that's always been the dream. Um, like when I was younger, I used to do like, uh comic books and specifically like Japanese like manga comic books everybody in my generation that's kind of that was like the big thing so you know I did that for a while um and then I really realized like that's that's always been like the goal is to kind of be able to control and tell my own stories because after doing the comic book thing I went to college and took art classes and stuff like that but it was always drawing somebody else's ideas and so I was like oh this is fun like I still get to draw but the thing that I'm really interested in is like the storytelling and like having like a hand in that. So yeah, the dream would be to like do feature film, like direct my own feature films. Okay. So just to clarify, not, not only direct your own feature films, but you want to be the initial story concept person. You want to come up with the story, write the story, follow through with the directing is the, the ultimate combo dream. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. accurate. Great. All right, so now let's flash, let's flash back in time. We're currently in 2023, I believe, is the year. Um, it's June, <laughs> and we're in the middle of a writer's strike. But regardless of that, <laughs> where I guess <clears throat> you mentioned the comic books, but why why directing um so it's funny so like when i was going through the whole comic book thing i was always like uh what's like the ultimate it sounds kind of like juvenile now but it's like what's the ultimate like uh experience in terms of like art and so comic books you know at the time my limited knowledge i was like well i get to draw so i'm like crafting it and then I also get to like conceptualize all the stories and, and characters. And um, that's that kind of held my attention at the time. 
because it was uh I was doing all of the creation in terms of uh in terms of uh making it happen but when I like started going into film more um and like going more into college I was like like I said I was uh doing the drawing uh, co concept art. I went to Pasadena College of Art and Design. And so I went there for concept art. And a lot of the homework was you get a prompt, you sit there by yourself for like 10, 20 hours and, you know, develop concepts concepts for the prompts. That wasn't yours. And it was just, it was really lonely. Like I didn't really like being alone by myself for hours and hours trying to draw um, the things that I a lot of the times wasn't even interested in. And so when it got to film, I got to see like, oh, I'm working with all these different crew members. Um, I love being on set. That's like part of the joy of it. And then also like, I really believe like it is kind of like the ultimate art form. <laughs> like you, you get, there's so many different aspects to it. There's like music and sound, which I never considered before when doing the, you know, the drawing, like the com comic books and stuff like that. And yeah, so that's, that's, I would say that's the main reason, the community, all the people, and then, um, all the different aspects you get to have like a hand in and think about the ultimate art form yeah. <laughs> wow wow it is true you get to dabble in everything from the director chair right yeah, yeah. You're, you're you got your it, that's the fun part also for me I, the scary part okay. too because because yeah. it's hard to for um, i don't know it's hard to know everything or yeah. ha it's hard to be able to communicate with that many different creatives and so many different fields which is why I see you dabbling into all the areas that you're dabbling into mm -hmm. to I'm assuming to increase that knowledge and increase your collaboration ability mm -hmm. but um at what point when did you get your first taste for filmmaking as you know it now or how did how did you make that transition from like comic book artist essentially into a visual movie making medium so like all this like the big boom pretty much of like from drawing to film kind of happened around like 2017 when i was like in college my last semester of going there um i uh i took a screenwriting class there and um it was my favorite it had been my favorite class like since i started in 2015 and that was kind of around the time where i was like okay the school has a film program. Let me try and like see if I can take some of the classes that they offer. And I did. And I helped out on some thesis films for some of the graduating students. And then like that was where I got my first chance to kind of be on set and like see what it it was like, like working with all those different people. And I like I loved it ever since then. Like we I, I, would, I did maybe two, two or three projects. And at the time, I didn't know it was like 10 to 12 hour days, <laughs> but I, I didn't complain. Like I liked it. I didn't you know, I'm a really lazy person too, so being on set for 12, 12 hours is kind of like a lot, but I never get tired or like bored of it. It's never an, an issue, so. Yeah, give me more. More days, please. Yeah. Um, can you paint a picture for me of your your first experiences on set? Like, what was it like? Mm -hmm. um, like, I mean, uh, you know, what what did they have you do? What was it like navigating the process? Because I don't know how you went into it. Ex what would your expectations were versus how it actually was? And that's because I know it's kind of different person to person. Yeah, I I was I was like brand new, so I um 
I would get, I went on the set and they basically just had me as like a PA, like an extra hand. I think initially they had me help out with some art stuff. So there was like this box of, I think it was like a box of glitter or something. And they were just like, oh, just mix this around for us. And we're going to throw it in the scene to do something. And I was like, okay. Like, I, I was just happy to be there and like see all the moving parts of like what it took like for something to get made. And um, yeah, so that was that day. That's pretty much all I did. And they took a big group picture and I, I felt like kind of, I can't think of what that term is, but you feel like you're not supposed to be there. <laughs> you know, you feel like you're faking uh that the imposter syndrome yeah the imposter syndrome that's what i'm thinking of yeah like uh that's what it felt like because i'm like i'm taking the picture with all these this big crew and i was only here for a day mixing some stuff in a box (laughs) but uh yeah so that was like the first time and then another time we went out to like up north in the desert somewhere and we just spent the whole day out there i was basically like a first ac slating and stuff like that okay (sighs) great so, I guess I am curious to hear about going from those first initial sets mm-hmm. to your brain trigger, like some some something triggering in your brain saying, this is what I want to do now, and finding your way onto set. Like, how, when did, when did this happen and was it like after the first set second set third set and then you're like wait i'm gonna make a career change here how did how did that go um yeah so so before going to college i had been telling my friends like oh i'm gonna be a director and so i kind of already had that in my head because i had just been so into movies but the real switch i mean you know you say that and it's it it still wasn't like this is what i'm gonna I wasn't, like, full gung-ho about it. Yeah, because, I mean, at that point, you hadn't been on a set yet, right? No, yeah, okay. no. So you were kind of keeping an eye out for it, but you – okay, all right, yeah. go, 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 go. No, 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 it's fine, because I know what you mean. I, I understand, like, where you're trying to get to now, and it's kind of like, yeah, so I went to school, and I guess the whole time I was there, I'm like, well, I'm going to do concept art, and that's going to be my foot into film, and then I'm going to transition to – to like directing but then you know I look stuff up about it and like that's not really how it goes and there was one concept artist um I forget his name he did the Maleficent movie the first one and he that was like he went from concept art to pitching that idea to Disney and so he got to direct but that was such a one-off shoot thing at the time that I like looked up and I was like I don't know if I'm gonna be the next guy to do that so um yeah I guess the real switch happened around like I said 2017 I had always known that I wanted to get into, like, movies and stuff. But I wasn't doing well, like, in school. Like, I was going to Art Center, and I kind of wasn't keeping up with my class. And so what ended up happening was that I, I dropped out to take time off to really kind of reconsider, like, what I, what I was going to do. Because, um, you know, I wasn't I wasn't enjoying it. Like, I felt like I should have been enjoying it. But also, it wasn't... I started to like research into film and stuff more and it didn't seem like it was going to get me to where I wanted to be. And so I took that time off and um, probably for like a year and a half, like uh, I was just kind of in limbo because some other life stuff came into play too. Like there was a, I used to be like, this is, this is kind of off topic, but I, I used, <laughs> I used to be religious. I was Jehovah's witness. And then, so around that time I was kind of struggling with that and, I spent a whole like sabbatical, like three months, trying to figure out if this was if this was right for me or not, 
And so it just like uh, that big span of time really gave me clarity. I would sit down at my desk and, and write like, okay, what am I interested in? Because I was really struggling. I was like, do I not want to draw anymore? Like, cause that was such a big part. I was a drawer guy my whole life. <laughs> like I was Mr. Artist everywhere I went. So I was like, do I, I want to give up drawing and then do film or can I do both? And, and so I, uh, yeah, I finally made the decision to kind of like, okay, I'm going to focus on film because I, like I said, I, I made that list. I was like, this, these are the things I'm interested in. Um, the majority of them were more film-related things. And so after I did that, I uh, I started looking on Facebook and stuff for, like, jobs, film jobs I can get into. Okay, that's great. That's great. <sighs> okay. Now, I don't know... I don't know your full timeline here. So I know at some point, a lot of people like to ask like how do how do i how, you know how do you get your start in film how do i just for starters like how do i even get on set is like yeah. you, you, you talked about looking perusing facebook and just being like all right who's looking i'm assuming you're looking for pa jobs at that time mm-hmm. like just get me on set i just need the experience i need to meet people i need to get i need to get in it yeah. um at what point yeah, so how, well, what did that hustle look like and what were you learning through that? Because I know, just to, just to, because I know the point I'm trying to get to now is discovery and script supervising. Okay. And that, that was, and I feel like that's more recent, right? Like you took, when did you take the workshop for that? I, th- I think that in like 2021, I okay. think the summer of 2021. Okay. So about two years ago. So 2017 to 2021 mm-hmm. is the PA hustle. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, yeah. And okay, yeah, I want to hear about that phase. Okay. And then the the switch is exciting to me too. Okay. So, so uh, yeah, so that hustle took place from 2019. It was like it was like February 2019. So like the be- very beginning of 2019, I started uh, looking on Facebook, and. I always tell everybody that I meet that wants to get into film, the best way to, like, do it is, like, helping out student films and stuff like that. Like, I went to uh, – I started off at AFI because there was a guy – I forget his name now. I think it was Sam or something. But he um, had a post on Facebook look, just looking for anybody off the street to come help on their student film. And so I was like, oh, okay, I don't know anything or anybody. So, yeah, I'll go spend, like, you know, 12 hours. They just want your labor just for their project. And you basically get a full-on, uh, like, course on how to be on set. And I, th- I think at the time, they had started me off kind of, like, helping with the G&E team because I'm, like, a, I'm a big guy. So, like, <laughs> lighting and lifting all the heavy stands, they were, like, you can help out with G&E stuff. And so, yeah, I, I did that for about six months with that school. Mm-hmm. And then making them as friends kind of helped me. You make friends with the students, and then you also make friends with, like, other people that are doing the same thing as you, like, helping out on set. And so that gave me the opportunity to go to, like, NYFA, the New York Film Academy, and um, the Los Angeles Film School, too. And so I I helped out on a few of those, but it was mostly AFI. And, yeah, I always tell people that's the best way to, like, get started. And so, yeah. Okay, so (laughs) build build your network through, you know, 
yeah, finding because I'm assuming a lot of that is like volunteer based too, or or little to no pay kind yeah. of situation. Yeah, it's just get on. What you're getting out of it is a the experience, mm-hmm. b the connections, mm-hmm. and assuming like you're doing a good job and these people like you, they'll bring you back for the actual paid stuff next time. Kind of thing is the yeah is the ideal situation. Okay, so that's that's that that 2019 to 2021 kind of span is that kind of stuff, or did you transition? Like, I don't know what other kind of PA stuff you've done, or if you found your way into network television okay. PA, or <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can I can go through the whole. I, I feel I feel bad <laughs> talking so long. I got the time. Okay, I'm just, yeah, I, or I'm looking for kind of. I'm looking for you know just like any story that you write like what are the okay. what are the big like the full timeline the big swoops yeah. yeah so well I guess 2019 was yeah that was the film school phase and then around the I will, I will pause sorry I don't okay. interrupt again because <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm a, through all of this you're still thinking about directing yeah now we can come back to this question too but I'm wondering what the directing looks like while you're doing all of this because i know you sent me a couple of projects but i i'll need more context on to when those were shot okay. and that sort of stuff but okay yeah continue continue okay so, so, so should i go on with the timeline or, or should <laughs> yeah, I, okay timeline's good okay so the so 2019 yeah i was uh i was a film school people and then around the fall after that semester was over i started to get like paid stuff like i started getting I started, I went back to Facebook. That was the best place for me at the time. And I looked for like uh, any kind of gig. Because by that point, I had done some art stuff, grip stuff, and PA stuff. And so I knew set etiquette for all those different departments pretty. I knew it enough to like try to get some paid work. So that's like what I started looking for in the fall. And then I did, I, I, got, I got jobs. And then in 2020, beginning of 2020, is when I started working closely with this place called um, Brat Studios. Have you ever work with them like brat brat yeah b-r-a-t i have heard of them i've never worked with them okay i worked with them beginning in 2020 before the shutdown started and then they continued to they followed all the procedures and everything so they continued to go into the rest of the year doing it and i spent like probably the good portion of a year working with them as like a pa that was like a the pa phase but while I was doing that, I was also working on, like like you said, like network TV shows. I had gotten some opportunities to do those and stuff like that. And this whole time, I'm still asking about, like, because when you're a PA, it's that's a really good position, too, because you can ask all the different – you can talk to all the different departments on set because you're not beholden to, like, sticking to one group of people because you're just helping out everybody. So I would use that opportunity to go talk to – like I said, all the departments and I would kind of ask them like about the best directors that they've worked with. Um, what's the best position to get into if you want to direct, you know, so you can learn and make money at the same time, basically. That's, that's what I always tell people. And uh, yeah, so through that, I found that it was, you know, script supervising. And that's kind of where the script supervising comes in. Yeah, who's telling you the script supervising? Who's telling who? <laughs> I feel like that's the only, only, only the best people know yeah. that script supervising is is the place to be when, yeah. if you want to be a director. I hear too many people talk about like the the AD track, like because when you're on set, you see that the AD is involved with everybody, so you just kind of half assume that that's the place you want to be because they're literally in a very powerful position interacting with all the department heads. 
but no. the dirty little secret <laughs> is a script supervising script supervisor is a place to be so yeah. oh yeah no, yeah no it's okay i don't know so who's telling you this is it is it other script supervisors <laughs> or is it or is it like the art department's telling you no there was uh i forgot who it was the first time i heard it it was during one of those student um jobs like one of the thesis films and i was i was asking a bunch of the people around the grip truck and some guy i didn't know what position he was or if he was just visiting but he told me he was like oh you should check out script supervising if you want to like blah 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 huh. and so that's when i started like getting hooked onto that and like that's when i would put more focus so any set i was on i would try to find out who the script supervisor was and <laughs> ask them about it <laughs> so that's kind of how it started yeah that's very cool yeah that's very cool okay so now before we get into the script supervisor stuff, I still want to hear about like, all right, well, you're 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 PAing, you're a production assistant, and you're kind of going around set asking people, like, hey, talk to me about other directors, talk to me about what you, what you got going on. Like, you just want to, you're absorbing everything that you can. Yeah. What does what are you thinking about as far as like your director self like i always think about myself on like i've talked about it before with the pillars like i'm i'm building up the script supervisor pillar and getting more experience there but there's also this director pillar that i'm putting work into and building um as well and making sure that like all right sure i'm getting paid to do this but i'm also putting a lot of energy onto this side and making short films on the side or writing this or blah 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 what um what were you was it purely research or did you have were you trying to sneak some some little projects here and there um yeah i was definitely you're you asking if i was doing stuff on the side while i was yeah yeah what were you up to for the you don't you don't, you don't yes okay <laughs> yeah no like during the scripture what are you asking eddie <laughs> I just, yeah Classic. but uh um no i was definitely trying to get my own stuff started um like after working on all those jobs, like as a PA and grip and stuff like that, you meet people that are also trying to come up and, and do the same thing you're trying to do. They want to make films and build their portfolio too. So I had met uh, a really good friend of mine um, who still I work with today. And like, so he, he had a camera, he wants to be a DP and all that stuff. And I started making stuff with him. And um, yeah, so it's it's great because I don't have to worry about all the logistics or like, like budget because we have a lot of this stuff like i've put some money in he's put a lot of money in <laughs> and so like we have our own kind of like crew that we work with all the time and so it was it was it was easy to um do anything i wanted to do like on the side so i i had worked on the first thing we did together i think was like a uh a spec commercial for netflix <laughs> i like wrote and like did the storyboards because i can draw and everything so i i wrote it and um we shot it at my girlfriend at the time we shot it at her place for the location and it, it came out okay it never got truly finished <laughs> we, we edited it all together but we couldn't figure out uh, the coloring and we had some like we had to superimpose some like tv screens and stuff so it was just it, <laughs> it was a lot of work and i didn't know what i was doing so it never really got done but uh yeah that that one was shot probably around beginning of 2020 it's like like maybe February 2020. So almost like a year right after I had started doing the whole film thing. Okay. So that was the first one and then like you said you had a little a little uh a little team. I don't know how 
honey, how, is it how how small are we talking here? Like, is it five person crew kind of stuff, or is it like you had twenty person team that was down to do like? What? No, yeah, it was it was pretty small. <laughs> it was like it was it was me, and then I knew how to do some grip and lighting, so it was me, like my, uh, my DP, and then he had a roommate, so that's three, and then we found a camera guy again off of, off of Facebook. <laughs> Facebook is like the start of the whole career. We found a, a, a sound guy, a guy that was willing to come do sound for us. So it was like four. And then an actor that I had met doing Horror Nights because he, uh, he was really cool. Like I, I met him in 2019 when I was doing Horror Nights. And so, yeah, we got him to, to act. So there was like five of us. I was like a five-person team. Okay. Yeah. That's great. That's all you need. Yeah. That's all you need. Make the stuff. All right. <clears throat> Jeez, I don't mind. Sorry for clearing up. <laughs> Okay, so while you're doing the PA hustle, you've got this team that you're making stuff with, and it's that's kind of like a, a semi-consistent group that you still make stuff with. Is that or you like you're working with the same people a lot? Mm-hmm. Kind of coming up with them is kind of is how you described. It. Is that is that how? Yeah, there's like a couple core guys. Those are probably like those the cameraman and his roommate are probably like the two main people I'd work with consistently and then like along the way we've picked up other people that we work with now sweet okay great (laughs) all right um what how how has that been (laughs) i guess i'm i i'm looking for Mm -hmm. i want to hear I want to. I'm hopping back and forth here, yeah, but I want to hear about what you are learning about yourself as a director, as you're fumbling through those early projects with with your friends. I'll call it. Okay. Um, like you said, you didn't know what you're like. You you explained it as like you didn't know what you're doing that first time. You're superimposing <laughs> stuff on the TVs. Yeah. Colors all going all over the place. You're like, oh. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. What are you? What? How? What's that? What's the direct? There's a question in there. I think maybe you got it. I think I understand. Yeah. So, so like, yeah, just like making this. Like you said, just make the stuff because once you do it, you'll see all the problems that you need to like focus on for the next time. Like, um, so after I did that, you know, I started writing a bunch of shorts, and it's like. It's hard being like everybody. Everybody that does art is like a perfectionist, so it's hard because you you should just be shooting stuff. But like you get the script, and then it's like, oh, I gotta rewrite it, and it's not good enough, and whatever. I but. I don't relate to the perfectionist <laughs> okay. perfectionist artist. I have oh, the o- I have the opposite problem. Okay. Where I'll tend I'll tend to settle mm-hmm. early, and I'll be like, the script is good enough. Let's okay. just, let's just shoot this thing. Okay. I know it's not ready, and I know it's not the best it can be. So I'm. If anything, I'm trying to get to that. Like, I want to push for the perfectionist route. Okay. When I'm like, no, we got it. We got dialogue and action here, and I'm. I think it's plenty fine for mm-hmm. what we're doing here. But then, you know, I'm, well, I'd, I'd argue that you did it the right way first because uh, <laughs> like, that's okay. you probably have a lot more experience than me. <laughs> like, because because it's like when you just do it, because that's kind of like where I directed my first. I sent it to you. My first. Um, that one's called the Dirty Animal. The Dirty Animal, yeah. The Dirty Animal. The Dirty Animal. That's what it's called. Yeah. So when I when I directed that one, um, 
the only reason it got done was because I started thinking like you because I was forced to. So like that guy that my buddy that I shoot things with, he um, he went to film school. I didn't. And so he basically had this curriculum memorized. And so he, he kind of laid it out for like a group of us, a group of our friends. And we all kind of went in there, wrote a script. And then we were supposed to sh- do all that, produce it and shoot it in 10 weeks. So there was like a finite like date that we had to get it done by. And that really helped me to be like, okay, I still didn't make the, t- the 10 weeks, but it, it still was like, I have to do, it. I've done all this work up until this point. We're just going to shoot it. I wasn't happy w- where the script was, but we did it anyway. And that, I found a lot of, you know, good success in terms of like things I know I needed to work on in the future. So it was like, I, I, I got to get a lot of kinks out of the way. Well, I'm glad that you think I'm, I went the right way about it. <laughs> I'll tell you, it is hard to build up the perfectionist mindset, though. Like, that, it is, I mean, I'm sure it's hard either way. It's like, yeah, when you, we want our art to be good. We want people to like it. We want people to sit through all of it. We want them to be engaged while they're watching it. We want them to react how we want them to react, whether it's a laugh or get sad or feel what we want them to feel. So, I, yeah okay <laughs> well i'm kind of interested in like what do you what do you mean it's hard because i've never heard that before like uh it's hard to get the perfectionist mindset because i've been so the opposite <laughs> the whole time so i guess that's, that's kind of interesting that's, to me. that's what i was kind of saying too is i gotta switching switching philo- philo- the way that you view the world and the way that you view your own progression it feels because i know my fear was like, I guess I had to create this understanding in myself that I am not currently in a form of a person that is ready to direct for, like, Marvel or something. Okay. Like, I know that I still have to learn how to communicate to actors. I still have to learn how to, like, how to even find finding my own voice as a writer, similar to, like, you do your own writing, too. Yeah. It's like, all right, we put a script together. Is this even going to work? Is this going to translate to when it comes out of an actor's mouth? Am I going to be able to pull that performance out of them and how I see it in my brain? So I just wanted, I had to tell myself this is not going to be good. (laughs) And that's kind of okay because I'm learning and it's about getting it done and getting the reps in and make one thing, learn some stuff, make another thing, learn some stuff. But... I have been doing that for so long that when it comes down to, well, let's try to make something good now. Like with the, the, the goal isn't to just make something and learn from it. It's I've learned it. I've learned a lot now capitalize on everything you've learned and make the best thing you can make. And what's the best story you've got in the, in your, in your back pocket, who are the best actors that you have all the, you know, compile it together Stew it, or st- you know, make the yeah. stew, and uh, and impact some some audience members, mm-hmm. and making the switch to like, no, this this isn't resonating, this isn't working, and really doing that diagnosis on why it's not working or what could be better is really hard for me to see because I'm you get I I get so deep in and I get so lost in the work that I almost can't see it anymore so I'm trying to get better at pushing through that fog yeah and 
getting feedback is hard. You know, you send the script out and yeah. people say things about it and you're just like, this is just never going to work. Yeah. Like, so I don't, I, uh, something I'm currently working through yeah. still. Yeah. And I, yeah. I know what you mean about that. Like, like you're so deep in it that you can't really see like the problems anymore because you, you spent so much time. It's like, it's just, it just looks, it looks normal to you, but you can't really, it's like the same thing they say about painting. You got to stay, you got to go away and then stand like six feet back and look at it. So you can like make sure the composition and everything is working. <laughs> yeah. Cause I know I'll convince myself of stuff. I'm like, this is the best I can do right now. I've, I'm, this is the location I have access to. I know it's not perfect for the story and I yeah. know, you know, this is the actor that I have, or this is the, you know, I don't have an, I can't afford an art team on this. This mm. is the whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I'll be like, all right, well, now I've contextualized it for myself and this is good for me. But then when somebody new comes in, they're like, wait a second, this doesn't work. And I'm like, yeah. <sighs> you're right. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But I mean, that's what you got to do. Like I, one of the big problems I saw, it's, it's crazy that it's such a, it's such an obvious thing now, but like we didn't have we on on, on the dirty animal shoot, the sound was really kind of tricky. I had a couple friends that were willing to do it with some equipment that I had bought, but um, nobody wanted to do it. Like everybody hates doing sound for some reason if they're not like a sound person. <laughs> so like we uh, what was it? I didn't have a Comtech, and a lot of uh, I don't know if you if you took a look at it, but a lot of the shots in that I watched are, it. Okay, all right, thanks. Well, a lot of the the shots are like super far away we did like the we had like the mid we called the midnight cowboy shot um like where dustin hoffman and the other actor are like walking down the street and you got the camera like 100 yards away or whatever and like so i couldn't hear like the dialogue that was going on <laughs> in the conversation and uh i just, it just wasn't something like i said we did it so quick like it wasn't something that i had thought of beforehand and so the performances aren't really what i wanted them to be um in terms of just like the cadence of the voice, the actors are great. Like I think the actors are, did a really good job, but you know it was it was you know for them too. Like it might it must have been hard because I couldn't really give them specific direction on like how to play it. And uh, at the time, I was also inexperienced with working with actors and like kind of what to say. Um, I've tried to remedy that now with some decisions I've made, but yeah. So that that was a big thing, like the sound, uh, just yeah. not being able to hear the, hear the dialogue. Yeah. Okay, so just context for some people. Uh, what is the it's Canadian? The dirty animal is not. It's cause you sent me a rough cut, so okay. it's it's right. So yeah. it's not complete. It's not out there. Yeah, it will be soon. I soon, assume. Yes, like I'm I'm planning on having it done by the end of this month, and I'll, okay. I'll put it on my YouTube and channel. And what's it about? It's about a uh, so the basic premise is. <laughs> I'm always scared when I say it. <laughs> the basic premise is uh, a homeless man. He's, he's an artist. He sketches in his sketchbook on the side of the street. And um, a businessman approaches him with, like, a proposition. He's like, hey, I'll pay you to uh, help me find – because he notices that he's an artist. He notices that he can draw. And he, and he sees, like, this guy in the same – like, kind of existing in the same area for, like, the past week. He's been going to lunch and stuff. He's seen this homeless guy around the area. And he's like, well, maybe he's seen – like this girl that I've been dating who like won't talk to me anymore. And so he's like, uh, well, let me take a look at your sketchbook. And lo and behold, this, the homeless man has a sketch of her in the sketchbook. And he's like, wow, where'd you, where have you seen her? And so he kind of like hires him on to kind of help him corner her in a way so that he can 
come along and finally get a chance to like explain himself and like try to win her back. And so that's the gist of the story. <laughs> okay, yes. So the whole story takes place essentially outside. It looks like a busy metropolitan street, mm-hmm. kind of like you have Scott, you've got the skyscraper environment. He's a businessman. He works in corporate somehow, somewhere. Um, so when you were saying sound initially, I'm like, oh, there's like <laughs> cars and yeah. traffic and sirens. and, yeah. But that didn't seem to be... Yeah, this, yeah. So there is that. But I know what you were saying was when we when we shoot movies the director gets the sound person is there recording the audio and they send the feed to our little pack and we plug in our headphones and we wear it so we can hear what the actors are saying. And you didn't have access yeah. to hear the actors. So yeah. when you're so far away you're just watching two people walk towards <laughs> yeah. you and they're yeah. they're like, Hey, uh, Kyle how was that? Did you like that? Yeah. Is that good? And you're like, I wish I could tell you. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't hear it. I mean, there were some shots where I was close enough, but I was usually on the other side of the street. Cause like, yeah, we were using a really long uh, lens and yeah. So I couldn't hear them. <laughs> yeah. No, that's tricky. Yeah. I know I've had a couple, like I know I shot a short, a bigger, I don't know, a short last year that we were filming in New Mexico and, uh, we got a sound guy that he had like this sound equipment that the Comtex only worked if he was plugged into the wall. Oh. Like he needed to be like, <laughs> he needed to be plugged in for <laughs> this Comtex thing to work. Okay. So unless we had power for him, yeah, we had to like, I had to go without the Comtex. And I know we had like this one big steady cam shot through this this big open interior mm-hmm. where he's supposed to follow the actor around with a steady cam mm-hmm. so he couldn't have his cord because he had to traverse such a long way. Yeah. And this was like our pivotal dramatic whole moment. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the in the short, it's like the whole climactic build here of her walking into this room and being confronted with essentially the villain. And it, it It is hard to watch a scene on a monitor and people saying dialogue in a pivotal moment of your story and you can't hear what they're saying. Yeah. Are they getting the lines right at all? <laughs> yeah. We didn't tell the actors who couldn't hear them. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's hard. I mean, because, you know, you don't really think about it either, like, until it happens. But, I mean, now I do <laughs> because it did happen. But, um yeah, no, you definitely you got to be there for your actors, and I and I try to I try to like uh, now that I understand like the acting process like a tiny bit more, I, I try to be there like on set with them, like if I can, like if I'm not, as long as I'm not in the shot, like like I try to be as close as I can to them instead of just staying kind of like around Video Village. And <laughs> yeah. Okay, so where did you feel like you were lacking on that one from the what what uh, communication gaps were you feeling on on that one that you said that you've you put some work in to better understand, but yeah. So I, I took some acting classes. Um, eventually, that was that was more recent. That was uh, last year. I took some acting classes for a few months, and um, just just like the just like the nature of like playing with the actors and like um, creating with them on the set because they they have they have like a, a say too. You know, it's that's that's like their whole 
job and so you want to give them some agency i think i think initially when i got into like directing and stuff like that i thought i would tell them like i th- I thought the whole process would be kind of like trying to uh wiggle, wiggle them into how i saw it in my head but a lot of times they can tell you they they can like through the exploration of the scene and different ways you have them play it they can craft like something that might be better than what you thought or how you saw it and so that was that was definitely lacking on the um on the dirty animal uh for me you know in my opinion yeah i'm giving them agency to to kind of build out their own their own personal worlds and find the things that you're not even looking for yeah that makes sense yeah. yeah as as a, as directors and writers we're focused on the big picture a lot mm-hmm. is what are we trying to get out of this scene what's the what's the what's the growth moment for this character where does this character start and end and mm-hmm. the the beats and nuances throughout the throughout that build for everything like how's this framed how's the lighting what's what are they wearing yeah. and also how do they feel and why do they feel that and what are they thinking and, yeah and the benefit of having good actors is uh and letting them letting them play and, and do their exploration is yeah that's that's all they're thinking about so they can elevate that one piece that you're giving part of your brain to mm-hmm. but they're giving all of it to that exactly yeah. yeah and that that's like one thing i learned like going to the script supervisor thing that's one thing i learned being a script script supervisor is like uh you mentioned all the different elements like a director has to think about i've been on a lot of sets now with like observing directors because <laughs> that's like partially my job and the ones that sit there and focus super hardcore on like the technical things like on the day you you can really see how in my opinion this, this is a this is an opinionated thing this isn't like how i think maybe it should go but no there's no right or wrong <laughs> yeah but they uh it really suffers like the film like the, the not not even just the film like the day like the productivity of the day kind of suffers because um they're I, I believe when you're on set, that's the time for the creative process. Like all the technical stuff, that should all kind of be handled for the the majority of it, like in pre-production. Uh, like, all, of course, you're still focused on it on the day. Like, I'm not saying don't think about it, but that should be like you pepper a little attention here and there because stuff may be going wrong, or you have to make like a split a split second decision or something like that. But the majority of it should be like, okay you're thinking about what the scene is and what needs to happen in order for, um, in order to take us to the next plot point, like in the story, based on like what the actors and mainly what the act, based on mainly what the actors are doing. So it's like, I think that that should be where the majority of the attention goes, which is why I was like, okay, let me take some time to kind of really understand like the acting process and what they go through. And because I want to, you know, I might look at this <laughs> years down the line and like have a different opinion, but from what I've seen, that's the most. That's where all the attention should be for the most part when you're, when you're directing something on set. Okay, so when you talk about directors, spend a lot. Of, some some directors can spend a lot of energy and time thinking about the technical aspects. What are you specifically referring to there that you that you witness a lot? Well, like, like as you know, I mean, I'm sure you've seen too. Yeah, hey, I know. <laughs> like, I have an idea. Yeah, but, you know, we're I two could... script supervisors here. So. Yeah, a lot, a lot of directors usually, because there's no, like we talked about earlier, there's no clear path to directing. So most people that are directing come from another department. So there's like uh, DPs that direct a lot, and they are. I've seen a couple that are super focused on 
lighting and camera and it's like they're not even they don't even talk to the actors <clears throat> um there's and that's not all of them i'm just i'm just i'm just <laughs> saying what i gotta just you know a little yeah. generalization or specific experiences yeah. you've had I'm trying to give disclaimers <laughs> get attacked but but um you know there's like i said there's there's people that come from there's writers that come from it who might be more uh focused on uh this is weird because they're focused on the actors, but they're focused on like the specific actions. It's like, well, I wrote that in the script, so it has to happen. It's like, well, then you're you're kind of you're kind of constricting the freedom that the actor has to kind of discover and play, because that's like that's kind of like their domain, you know. So it's just like, yeah. So people coming from a bunch of different disciplines kind of have their different hindrances when it comes to like dealing with on the day shooting. I don't know if that if I said that right, but that's how it comes through. Okay, clear. yeah, you described. Yeah, it's always interesting to see where the director has come from. What worlds do they come from? Because it definitely translates to their style of directing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, DP directors. Yeah, that's that's how I've seen it too. Is yeah, all they that, that's all they focus. They're like, great, I can focus all my attention now on the thing that I care about most, yeah. which is camera and lighting. Yeah. And then the actor is just there as the glorified mannequin actor. Yeah. That's just getting lit and has to say lines. But yeah. And and to be fair, I think sorry. To be fair, I think uh-huh. they they do that because it's what they're comfortable with. And it's like you know, directing's like a daunting thing to do. And so it's like you just you always go to default to like your comfort zone. So it makes sense. That's nice of you to say. <laughs> yeah. Nice benefit of the doubt. <clears throat> okay. Yes, because I'm I'm thinking about like, um, I know, I don't know how other directors go about it, but I have heard, I don't I don't know how the, it's hard. Directing path is hard. Yeah. The directing journey, and I use that hashtag on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> directing journey. Um, where it's yeah, how do you? What what is what do the best directors look like? Cause and how do they how do they work the set? Where do they, where does their attention go? And yeah, I'm sure you're picking up things that work too versus things that are just aren't working. But uh, I don't know. I saw you react to just that statement. What are you what are well, you thinking? That's a that's a hard one for me to kind of. I guess because like the way my thought process goes is like I'm only looking for the things that are wrong so that I, I can make sure I don't do it. I've noticed. So, so yeah, sorry. But uh, there's a lot of uh, there's there's a lot of good examples too that I've seen directors make. Like one one good thing um, I could probably I haven't seen you direct, but just about your kind of overall vibe and personality, I could say you're probably like a pretty nice director to have on set because you're really calm and mellow and like you you, you don't seem like you would get you wouldn't create a lot of tension. And so like that, I've seen a lot of directors be really good at that. Like um, they have all this stuff flying at them and they, they, you know, they settle down, they take it one at a time and they, they figure it out. Um, Yeah. So that's, that's one really strong positive thing that I see a lot of directors do. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I need some more time. (laughs) Okay. So I guess let me ask it in another way. Okay. When you think about yourself, you talk about pre-production mm-hmm. and how there's an expectation for you that a lot of the technical stuff should be solved to a certain extent mm-hmm. in pre. 
is how are we shooting this? What are the costumes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where are we shooting this? Yeah. Where, how, why? Mm-hmm. Uh, color palettes, lighting, yeah. lighting choices, reference images, all that kind of stuff comes in pre-production to set up everybody for success on the cohesive vision of the director. Mm-hmm. And then ideally, I don't know if you've had this or how it went on the Dirty Animal, mm-hmm. but like pre-production with cast too, like. Yeah. I don't know if you're able to get out there with your cast members and rehearse before you guys shot or if it was all on the day or if you did Zoom chats or like how, how that went down. But yeah. um, how do you want to be as a director on set? Like, what are you aiming to do? Like, wh- well, yeah, so I guess kind of like, you know, like, okay, <laughs> I guess kind of like what I said, like, uh, like ideally I'd like to be more organized. That that's a problem with me. I'm super disorganized. So I'd like to be more organized in like the flow of production. Like I'd like to like me saying all these things doesn't mean that I <laughs> I'm like perfect at doing them either. I that, that's how I want to be. Kind of like what how I explained it. But like yeah, just kind of getting pre-production all set. Um I haven't had the opportunity to work with like all the different uh department heads on a film yet. Um so that's something I'm like looking forward to to have like the costume uh, person and the uh, production designer and all that stuff but yeah just kind of going over with all the like you said all the basic stuff like based off the script what are all the basic things that I'm thinking of um, like and making sure those are like locked in and like also taking some opinions from them because I you know I, I try to like work with people that I trust like that kind of have the same thought process as me when it comes to like making decisions on creative things and so that comes through like interviewing them and like just talking to them on set I meet a lot of the people I work with on set and stuff and so that's the time where you can like you're kind of you're making friends but you're also kind of vetting people yeah like like oh okay you you do this and you're willing to help me on it like for free maybe but are we on the same page about like, yeah oh this person acts like that yeah I don't want to <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah it's true I mean that's, I'm sure people yeah but yeah so that's uh that's how I'd like to be um okay so you want to be giving time you want to be you want to be playing with with your cast on the day yeah you want to you want to get in there you want you want to have a a smooth communication lined up with your with Mm -hmm. your lighting with your dps they can they know everything they're doing we don't have to talk today like just okay just clarify okay we're setting up the wide they know what that means they know where that's from you can now you can go take the actors onto set and start playing with them while they're doing all their stuff yeah but um yeah because that leaves it open for like discovery too because like if, you, if you're set up and you, you know what you know what's going on you know the plan then if you discover something on the day it's not that hard to just throw it in there because it's it's not a big uh it's not a big time suck because I, I i see a lot of that happening where people get ideas and like well we want to do this and and they're like oh well, we already have the lighting plan for this and uh there's yeah. a there's a little um order of operations i don't know if you've heard about yeah. it yeah <laughs> it's called Block, light, oh, shoot. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't sure where you were going. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, does he know? Um, yeah, because that's something I notice a lot on uh, more beginner sets is the team, the director puts more focus on getting the shot set up before the actors 
before they've even blocked the scene. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen it yet. We don't know what they're gonna do. We don't know how they're gonna do it. Yeah. And you get your get your close up set up, and you're just and the actor comes in. They're like, "Wait, you're putting me in this box right now, and I can't." And it's like, yeah, that's almost like that writer mindset where it's, "Well, I need this is what I'm looking. This is the vision." No play. Just say the lines in on this one mark, and uh, we're good. And yeah, exactly. <sighs> yeah, and I don't know. There's a place. There's a place for it. I mean, but who knows? Yeah, but that, that's how I see it going a lot of the times too. Like as a, as a script supervisor, yeah, you're always just they always set up the lighting first. And it just makes a bunch of problems. But yeah, I, I guess like uh, like the main thing. I guess like going back to the question where you said like, how do I want to do things? I I just re- I've been in the other side of it. So the main thing I want to make sure I keep in mind. Is just giving everybody that I've hired to kind of give them their space and give them the agency to like do what they need to do too, because they're trying to create too. And if you're too rigid, then it's like, you know, you kind they kind of feel like, why am I here? Like, why am I even doing it? I'm not really getting anything or what I want out of it. It's a tough balance. Yeah, it's a tough balance because I know again to talk about me. That's something that. I am working on as well in terms of similar to the the perfectionist pursuit mm-hmm. I can be the type of director that uses the collaboration excuse and I do less prep on certain elements okay. because I'm relying on the other team members yeah. to focus on their thing it's like alright you're the costumes person what did you get from the script? Like I have, I I don't see costume at all. Okay. When I write characters or I'm thinking story, I don't think about what they're wearing. Mm-hmm. So I need a lot of help there. Or even with shot design, I'm like, I have a vague idea of how I want to, how I want to shoot it, but I don't know how to light it. I don't know what vibe I'm thinking about. Yeah. So then I'll rely on the DP to send me, what they're thinking different options and i'll be like oh i like this one i like this one but i want to flip it a little bit more tilt the scales too i want to have the stronger vision Mm -hmm. on my side while still retaining the collaborative i just want to have more clear clear visions on yeah on my side without being too rigid about it yeah no i get that it's hard (laughs) i understand what you mean yeah I mean, like, you just, like, the the way I think about it when I um, go into, cho- like, deciding on what I want, like, in terms of, like, color and framing and all that stuff, it's like, well, how does that, how is, it is kind of hard, I guess I'm more of, like, uh, I go through the same thing you're going through, but it's with the, it's with the story, so it's like, how is this moment in the story making me feel, but also, how is the character that's going through it supposed to feel, and then that kind of, like, dictates maybe costume because, like, the costume is... I learned about a lot of this stuff in, like, uh, concept art and stuff like that. Because, like, when you design a character in, con- in concept art, you design their silhouette and their costume. You, you use the clothing and stuff like that to tell a story about who the character is without even... Without them having to say anything. Because that's that's a... You know, that's, like, the visual language. And so that, that, that kind of helps with uh, screenwriting, too. It's like, well, who's this guy? He's He's a schlubby guy who doesn't like whatever so that's why he doesn't care about the way he dresses so that, that'll inform like what you put him in or like i love that stuff yeah sounds awesome it's fun it's fun to do it's fun to create like that 
It's the same thing with the lighting and stuff, too. It's like, well, the, the character's feeling this way in this scene, so maybe we have blue lights because he's feeling down. And there's like certain colors say things about. Yeah, yeah. no, that sounds awesome. Like when you're writing the script, you can convey thoughts without having to say them directly. Yeah. And that's that's what that's what the job is, right? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. great. It's that's beautiful. Yeah. Okay, so you have that background. That's very helpful. Yeah, it does help. <laughs> I'm glad. That's that's one good thing I got out of, out of all the all the time. Okay. Um. All right. I know you. Okay, so I do want to ask about. You mentioned that you took some acting classes, or mm-hmm. you took an acting class, or uh, this was after directing the Dirty Animal. Yeah. How did you come up with the idea to take some classes, and where did you look, or how did and how did it go? What did you come out with? I can't really remember, um, like the initial reason. I think I, I think I had wanted to do it for a long time because I, I just I really like working with actors. Like that's like the part, part of the biggest fun part to me is uh, getting to work with like actors and like talking to them, like creating the character. Um, but I, like again, like. It must have came after I started script supervising. I'd, I'd see, like, uh, directors and actors talking and, like, you know, maybe it wasn't going the best way. The actor would get frustrated because they weren't getting the kind of direction they needed to get. So I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to be that guy, so let me take some classes. Um, so, yeah, I, I took some for maybe, like, two or three months. I took a class, and the way that went was I was in – it was three months. So I was in the class with the rest of the students who had been doing it for a while, for a month. And the teacher noticed, like, okay, you're kind of new. Go take private lessons with this guy. Uh, his name was Patrick. And so Patrick was uh, – that was great. Like, I, at first I was kind of like, oh, but I want to be, like, with everybody else because you, you kind of get to do scene steady work with other actors and stuff like that. So you're, like, playing around. But the one-on-one was really helpful because I got to ask specific questions and um, – kind of tell them why I was taking the class because inside the class I was kind of like incognito I'm like I don't want to tell anybody I'm here is like trying to I'm just, I'm only here because I want to learn more about acting for directing purposes because I didn't want that to kind of f- like phase the feedback I might get or like you know because people it's just, it's just natural people are going to change their perception of, of yeah, you when they sense. makes sense yeah so um I came out with uh like a lot more empathy for what like actors have to go through, and that that's not I'm not saying that to like seem like a good guy or something. It's like it's it's a lot of it's hard it's hard to do. Like once you try to do it, um, it was like a revelation of like oh this is what they're doing. Like like you're trying to it's because you you go into it thinking like oh you're trying to like practice fake an emotion to the best of your ability, but it's it's not. It's like it's really bringing up a lot of emotion. It's um. One thing that I really liked about it was that they understand the script on a pretty, like, a deep level. They're thinking about it. You have to. Like, yeah, their breakdowns and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know that before. I didn't know how deep they go into it. They know the script maybe, maybe better than you. Like I said, they come up with other things um, that you might not even thought of because they're so focused on what the character's doing and, or feeling in that moment because they have to portray it. So that was, like, a a big like revelation for me, yeah, coming out of it. That's great. Yeah. I had a thought and I lost it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. So you took the class, you came out with some revelations, actors do a lot of work. I was gonna say maybe this is the thought I don't know. Um 
the okay yeah actors and i don't know how it was for you mm-hmm. or how good you felt about your acting <laughs> but, <laughs> but for me cuz i've taken scene study classes and i've done i that's i got my start doing that um i thought i wanted to be an actor first okay quickly learned that that's n- I did not enjoy it <laughs> okay. and, I, and I liked the writing and the creating I started making stuff so that way I could act on screen mm-hmm. I produced wrote and directed so that way I could act and then I realized I hate the acting part <laughs> and I love the writing and the directing and the producing part okay um but even recently uh yeah you got to meet my girlfriend Sarah yeah she was in my recent project and I acted I did. I had two lines in it, <laughs> and it was torture. <laughs> it was torture. Okay. So, but yeah, cause I I'm on set all the time, and I see actors work, and uh-huh. I've done scene study, and I've I've done, you know, I I'm, I do the podcast, and I'm in front of the camera, and yeah, you're pretty comfortable. <laughs> I can be I can be comfortable in ways, but um, acting's different. Yeah. Like the level of presentness you have to have, mm-hmm. while also turning it on in an instant, mm-hmm. and no, and seeing the camera right in front of you while you're trying to act with your scene partner and the crew's yeah. all around too, and you're just like, I have a hard time. Like I don't know how actors. Yeah. But as a director, like you said, playing with them on the day, but also I don't know how much you're thinking about this, mm-hmm. but creating the and right environment for mm-hmm. them to yeah be ready to do it so people aren't just like t- going up and talking to them or yeah. they, ha- they have a space to be alone for a bit if they need it to kind of get into their zone or just keep their energy or whatever they need yeah that's something that i was reminded of when i did a couple of small roles just for fun for some friends and i remember while the crew is, I'm so I love being with the crew. Yeah, that's the best part. But, <laughs> but when you're an actor, you have to be away from the uh-huh. crew, and they call you in when it's time to go, and you have to be ready. And I noticed that the other cast members were all just hanging out and chatting, mm. and I'm like, I can't do this. Like, yeah. I need to, I need to. Fu- can I just have my trailer, please? Because <laughs> I need to be alone right now. Yeah. Um, I think a lot about yeah creating that environment because it's. Mm-hmm. We're asking a lot from our actors and taking it, taking them for granted of like, you're going to perform even if like that's, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a good point. Cause like I, I'll see actors like as a, as a script supervisor, I'll see actors. It's a little weird. Sometimes you'll see them just stand there by themselves and like, you're, you're like, Oh, maybe I should, you kind of feel like, Oh, maybe I should go say something to them. They look sad, but it's like, no, they're like, they're trying to stay, you know, present for the, for what they need to do, like for the scene and, and all that stuff. So. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like, that's something that I um, hadn't considered as much, like, on things that I've done. But, yeah, going forward, I'm going to try to do better at doing that, yeah. Yeah. Speaking about going forward, let's not go there yet. (laughs) Let me see what I got here. Let me see what I got. Because I do know you also sent me. All right. Let's talk a little bit about... This is an easy one. Okay. I've noticed some specific verbiage that you used 
even when you sent me uh you sent me that rough cut and also a music video that you directed mm-hmm. and the folder that those pieces were in was was titled directing efforts yeah and then i noticed also on a recent post you had mentioned that you were a script supervisor for a good friend on their latest directing effort okay and i was like oh he's calling these directing efforts yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so i was kind of curious on how much thought you put into that specific verbiage or why you say directing efforts instead of like because oh. efforts yeah. is a specific word i so. guess it is yeah i, I mean um I don't. Really, I guess it's a subconscious thing. I don't really think about it, but I guess uh, like the efforts is just like this is an attempt. Like you know, because like, I guess I guess I kind of feel like how you felt earlier, where it's like I'm not where I want to be yet. So here's like part of my trying it out. Like basically, yeah. <laughs> I guess that must be what it is. Cause, yeah. I think, no, that makes sense. Okay, uh-huh. yeah. That, yeah, I was trying to. Okay. Okay. No, it makes sense. Yeah. It is hard to make stuff early knowing that the purpose of it is, and like I said, we're making this and we know the objective isn't for this to win Sundance. The objective is to make this together and grow together and have this be a learning experience. Mm Mm-hmm. And to test some stuff out. You're going to test out some new communication stuff with actors. You're going to test out this new lighting style, this new camera style. Like, you haven't done any of this before, so this is a whole testing ground. Yeah. So it lessens the blow. Yeah, Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Hey, who wants to work on my directing effort? Yeah. Um Okay, I don't know. Yeah, that's a, that was I'm, a good I'm, question. That's pretty perceptive. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize. I'm, I'm a little conflicted about it. Yeah. But I kind of, I kind of, I'm not sure. Part of me wishes that it was not an effort. And oh. this is you directing. It's not an effort to direct. This is actually you directing. Yeah. And, and I, yeah. Sorry, I, be, I believe that. I believe, like, if you're doing it, then, like, you're a director. There's a lot of people. I can't remember who said it, but there's a lot of people, a lot of famous directors that say, like, if you want to be a director, go out there, get a camera, get your sister or brother, shoot something, and now you're a director. And it's true. It's Mark like, Duplass right there. Mark so. Duplass, okay. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's, um, we are directors. <laughs> you directed something, I directed stuff, you know? Yeah, we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, next time you send me a folder, I, I'm expecting it to say directing work. Okay. Or I will do that. Masterpie- <laughs> masterpieces. <laughs> um, okay, I guess. <sighs> I want to hear a little bit about. I'll call this your study mode, mm-hmm. or your research process. Um, and where you kind of like how you came about how you kind of do homework as a director because I'll just list off some things. We don't have to talk about all of them. Maybe what's grabbing you the most is you did some exploration on like Unreal Engine. Uh, I do want to talk about some of the books that you've been reading or that you've read. Mm -hmm. Um, You had a whole post about the way of thinking 
listening, learning color. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had an exercise inspired by a Hitchcock quote. Oh. I was curious to hear about how that went too. But And then like watching movies in, in the genre that you're writing in as uh, as some form of research or like I'm not how do you like for the genre the genre yeah yeah well like I uh so like I was trying to write well I guess I'm currently writing uh, a feature-length script and it's like it's a road movie that takes place around the streets of LA and so that's kind of so for the research for that I, I got a bunch of road movies I have this buddy that I actually met um doing brat stuff he uh He's like this guy that knows all this information about like like older movies and stuff from like the seventies and eighties, and he was recommending me all these um, road trip movies that I could like watch, and uh, you know it just makes sense if you're gonna make that type of the movie in that genre. It's like go look at kind of like uh, I can't think I feel really bad I can't think of like what the word is, but you want to see like what the key points you need to be hitting in those types of scripts because like um you know like for romantic comedies and stuff they have things that are like the meat cute that they call it and that's like that's in pretty much every romantic comedy you've ever seen and so there's like specific elements to to certain genres that you need to hit and like people combine genres and sometimes those get mixed in too but um yeah so that that was the that was the thought process of like trying to get all the different movies um watched just to kind of, just to kind of have it in my brain ready to go. And then, at what point were you watching the movies? Is it you've already like I don't know what your writing process is like. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that. Yeah. But uh, is this while you you already know the story and you're already into the writing, or you've written a draft and now you're going and watching the movies, or you're watching the movies and then you write the draft or it's all happening all at the same time or what's the um so i've had that specific idea for a while so i've already kind of thought it and i've outlined it and everything i get i guess i brought the movies in at this point to kind of like just kind of for some extra help because you know you get writer's block you get stuck and so it's not to like steal ideas or anything but it's just to kind of jog my it's to get inspiration mainly I, that's that's how i used it in, in in this like iteration of writing this script like just like i'm writing it so let me watch some stuff to kind of jog the creative process trying to see like what else i can get from like watching this stuff i feel like i feel like in a way it's kind of like a a form of procrastination it's like okay well let me go do all this research on these 10 movies instead of just writing the script but um no it's it's helped it's helped out a little bit so you know i think it was worth it and then i also like listen to music um like i have you know, hopefully I'll be able to get these songs to be put in it. <laughs> Maybe I'll just make a cut for me and my friends. We can watch it with the mu- music that I want. But uh, I'll listen to music as I'm writing the scene. So if I see a certain song play over um, a specific scene, I'll play that while I'm writing it to kind of get in the oh, mood. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So it's funny that you describe it as you think it's helped a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was kind of hoping that it helped a little bit more than that. <laughs> <laughs> it has, like, because, 
like there's a, there's a specific type of relationship between two characters in my movies and so like there's, there's a guy and a girl relationship and it's kind of like a, a lover's kind of thing going on and so a lot of the road movies that i've chosen um have that in it so i can see kind of how that goes and kind of take some okay. pointers from that yeah okay so i'm i'm just wondering like because i that's something that i've definitely avoided doing again that I want to do more of because mm-hmm. I do have that fear. Uh, I, I do like that you out, you had the story for a long time. Yeah. You outlined it and then you've kind of incorporated some inspiration boost of watching some, some similar stuff to help get you to the finish line and to kind of give confidence to some of your decisions and also to steer you away from other things, I'm sure, too. Because you're like, oh, well, this has been done in every other movie. Maybe how can I do this differently? Yeah. That kind of stuff. Uh, but, yeah, I do have the fear of sometimes I'll watch something and it'll work. And I'll be like, well, I'm just going to do it like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. That worked. Yeah. I love it. Um, and that's not something to be – I mean, a lot of people do that. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to put your little spin on it still. Yeah. And you want to be inspired. Mm-hmm. But – I am, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't know. yeah, I mean, you're right. I'm the same, I, I think the same way. I'm like, man, I don't want to, it's just like, because then you feel like you're not, it's like, why are you doing it? Like, if you're just going to copy it, then little, why are you even? It feels a little short-circuity to yeah. me. Yeah. Is I guess, like, I, because we are inspired by so much, like, I don't know if you read books on the norm, like, if you're just reading all the time or. If you no, I need to get better. Okay. <laughs> I read I read books like I maybe mean, read like two books a year or something, okay. but now I need to read more. Yeah, I know I've been trying to read more. Um, but yeah, we're inspired by the music we listen to, by the TV we watch, the movies we watch, the world around us, an advertisement, mm-hmm. visuals, and all mediums. So we're we're absorbing stuff all the time. So I am curious to first write out like uh, that's I don't know, but I want to. I want to mix it up. Okay, so we talked a little bit about that. I want to hear about what about um, the Hitchcock quote. Uh, do you know off, off the top of your head something about? Yeah, um, but for the Hitchcock Hitchcock thing, he was he was in some interview talking about. Uh, I can't remember the exact quote, but they were asking him like kind of the same kind of question, like what's your process? And he's like, well, once we get the is your impression? <laughs> no. Well, it's like basically like basically his quote alluded to me th- coming up with the idea of trying to write the script without any dialogue first. Yeah, I think that you mm-hmm. had the quote I think in the post and almost like yeah, I can't remember what it was. It was like uh we can pull it up. But okay. I'll just wing it. The post it was the quote was like um once the dialogue is in the script we're ready to shoot. Yeah. And then yeah. And yeah, and you were like, "Well, what does that mean? He writes without dialogue, or what is what's going yeah. on here?" Yeah, it got me thinking, and I'm like, "Oh, well, if you just write it without dialogue, because a lot of times that's what gets me kind of stuck. Is like, well, like, not like what the characters should say, but like if what they're saying is kind of evoking like the meaning that I'm trying to put into the scene and stuff like that. And that's that's too that's too heady at the beginning. It's like just get it out. Like if you have the idea of what your script's about and what you want it to be, just write it." And then you can go back into it in the revisions and, like, check for all that stuff. So I was having – even though I knew that, I was like, 
I was still struggling, so I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm just going to write out action lines about what's happening. <laughs> and then I'll go back and put the dialogue, because that way it takes a lot less time to write the script, too, because there's no, you're not sitting there worried about what they're saying, so the scenes are a lot shorter. It's just all the action lines. And um, I don't know if you ever heard that uh, that quote by, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> I was getting nervous again. I can't think of his name. Um, he did, like, people are going to think I'm crazy. Seth Rogen? No. <laughs> uh, he did, like, uh, Mahone Drive. And <laughs> I can't remember. What's the quote? And the Elephant Man. But anyway, he was basically saying, like, when, once you have, like, 70 different ideas and you lay them all out and you put them in order, you basically have the script. And so that's kind of, like, how I feel with, with writing without the dialogue. It's like I have all these scenes <clears throat> laid out just based off of, like, the plot and what's supposed to happen. And then after you get all that, it's a lot less daunting to, to, to add meat to that because it's like, okay, well, the framework is here. It didn't take me that long because I know the events of the story. I know the events of what the plot are, and that's, it's still going to get me there. So here's the skeleton. Now let me go and add all the meat, which is like the dialogue and maybe specific actions and stuff that take place. Yeah, so that, that made it easier for me. <laughs> okay. As far as writing. That's nice. That's nice. So you, so that. David Lynch is his name. <laughs> Sorry. David Lynch. Yeah, I had to say it. Okay, good. I'm glad you thought of it. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so you utilize that exercise on, on your feature. Is great. Yeah. I mean, I'm still in the process, so I'm not done, but it, it definitely has helped. Like, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I kind of, because I know having the outline helps a lot too. Mm -hmm. It's like you already know where the story's going, you know where it's how it's going to end and where it's starting and what's supposed to happen. So yeah, that offers confidence when you get to the script too. So yeah, the yeah it feels like a nice baby. Well, these are huge. These are big steps. These yeah. are not baby steps. Yeah, each step is all right. Outline okay. Write without dialogue. Okay, now write the dialogue and Yeah, it seems like a nice. Uh, doable progression yeah take, take some weight off yeah like and i haven't done it with every part of the script just like i just wanted to try it out because yeah. there was this one scene i just couldn't get through it because i kept like going back and changing what they were saying and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna write it with the title yeah and then move and keep going to the other scenes that i had more of a clear understanding of how i wanted to write them yeah yeah okay well i want to talk about okay. the books that you're reading yeah. It's going to be a little bit of a pop quiz. Okay. I'm going to your Instagram now. Kyle B. Stevens yeah. is the Instagram yeah. handle. Uh, if we scroll to May 28th. <laughs> sorry, this is the wrong one. That's your, that's your movies that you're watching. Okay. That's research. I'm going to... May 24th. Okay. Oh, it's my birthday. <laughs> oh, happy birthday. <laughs> All right. So the post says, what I keep stocked in my library to keep me sharp with a stack of books emoji. <laughs> uh, the photo is also a stack of books. Yeah. It's nice. All right. The books are, I'm just, w what we're going to do here is I'll say the book. I know you already have like a little bit of a, um, explanation as to why this book keeps you sharp or kind of like what the purpose of the book is mm -hmm. but i would like additional context on 
how this has helped you as a director. Okay. And like maybe your biggest takeaway or a takeaway from it. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. I okay. hope so. <laughs> All right, book number one. This one is In the Blink of an Eye by uh, Walter Murch. Yes, so that's the book on... Ed- yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no, you go ahead. I'm All right, I'll, I guess I'll read, the, uh, I'll read what you said, and okay. then you can give the context. All right, that helps a lot, actually. <laughs> okay, great. So this one says... Uh, it's a great starter book for those who want to get into editing. It goes over the basic principles of film editing as well as the importance of intuitive decision making. Mm-hmm. So, what, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, um, that one is probably out of that stack the one I've read the least because <laughs> I'm not an editor. <laughs> I'm... Uh, have you edited your own stuff? I've I've had um, I've worked with an editor, and so I've sat in on uh, the session like all the way through. So like that music video I sent you, I was there every step of the way. Um, I made cuts, specific cuts with her. Uh, she actually the, the girl that helped me edit that actually gave me that book, and so um, she's like, "You gotta read this." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. So so I've I've done some editing. I've been there in every session of the editing process when I get my stuff made. I just haven't done it. I just can't I can't learn from here, man. <laughs> it's just I get so frustrated. I can do like the basics of it, but like when it gets to the advanced stuff, it's um you know, I just get help from somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. But you can do a preliminary you can sort clips in an order and Yeah. Get okay, so you do it's just okay. Yeah, I do that. I do like the I don't know what they call it, like the assembly cut or whatever. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I do that, and then I bring that to them, and then we we work on it together. Okay. To to the finish, but yeah, from that book, I'd say the biggest thing I got from that book, which is like a super fundamental thing, but it's like cutting on action, like uh, that. That's that's been really helpful when it comes to like making decisions, especially in like the music videos and stuff like that, because you're kind of cutting to the beat of the song. And so, I know there's a, there's a moment in that one video. Um, or the guy's getting punched in the face and we're like cutting on we're going back and forth between who's punching him and himself so like the cutting on action worked really well I, I feel like in that in that scene so yeah I think it helps a lot as a script supervisor too it's like half that's like the whole job yeah. is this thing gonna cut is yeah. how I just <laughs> how I describe my job to people a lot on set <laughs> is they'll be like hey Eddie how's the how's the shoot going so far I'm like it's gonna cut <laughs> That's yeah, a good. Uh, it's gonna cut. It's a good passive answer. Yeah. It's like I'm not good in charge mutual. of if if this is good or not. Yeah. I'm just here to make sure we have the coverage and it's gonna mm-hmm. cut. That's a good mindset, dude. <laughs> That's a good neutral response. Like, hey, I'm not here to fix your directing. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Okay. Because it's pivotal. To um, yeah. Hopefully. It helps with the director too. It's when you're on set, it's like, what do I actually need, and why do I need it in this coverage, and how when I'm going to cut from the wide to the close, and what am I cutting on, and yeah, yeah that helps. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No. Number two. This one is simply titled "Directing Actors." This is by Judy Weston Hoskins. Uh, you have here, it's great for directors that want to have a true creative collaboration with their actors. One of my favorite things she discusses in the text is on the importance of verbs 
when it comes to directing, giving notes on an actor's performance. When directors giving notes on an actor's performance. Uh, verbs. Yeah. Um, giving the actors like an actionable thing to do, like when you talk to, like when you're directing them, and not just saying like, "Well, I want it more like," I need, like you know, they say stuff like, "Well, you're at a." a 10 I need it to be out of five or they say like well I want you to be more sad or more scary it's like we'll give them something actionable to do in the scene so that they can give context to uh their performance like in terms of like what it's gonna what it's gonna how it's gonna make the scene feel and um do you have an example yeah, so I got the opportunity to go to uh, USC and act in something, and I, and uh, I took it because I'm like I'm I'm pretty sure I'm gonna learn something from this class. <laughs> so so I went to the class, and uh, it was the performance right after I had done it. So we we I was I had a scene partner, and we were doing this scene from uh, Crazy Stupid Love, I think, and uh, we finished ours. I could have left, but I you know I stayed for the class because I want to learn. <laughs> so I see the next group go up. And there's a how they have it set up is that there's like a directing student, and then he hires two actors to play out this scene. And, and however he, whatever the notes are that he's giving to these actors, um, the teacher kind of grades if he's successful or not getting the scene to play out. It's, it was kind of it was kind of cool. It's a cool experience. Interesting. Uh huh. Yeah. So like I uh, I watched the actors do their thing, and I was kind of like, uh, if he, one of the actors wasn't like. Um, he was too invested in what the other one was saying for the context of what was happening in the scene. So, like, in, in, in the scene, if you've seen the movie Crazy Stupid Love, it's like Steve Carell is moving out of his – this is a spoiler alert. I don't want to ruin the movie for anybody. It's old, but he's moving out of his house because he found out that his wife's cheating on him, and he just can't – he can't, like, live with it. And so he's packing this U-Haul up to like to, like, leave and go live in his new apartment. And the wife comes out. And kind of like a last ditch effort to kind of like save some face and maybe kind of like explain to him why she did it and all that stuff. And he just doesn't want to hear it. And so when the, the way the director was directing the scene was his actor was kind of just standing there, just kind of like listening to her, give all this explanation. And then he's like, oh, whatever, like, I'm just going to leave. And it kind of didn't sync up right. It didn't feel like he's truly... Um, like uninterested or disappointed like he didn't feel like he was fed up because he's like listening to her and so in my head i'm like well, why doesn't he just tell him to like focus on like just focus on packing the truck like that's all you got to say and it was crazy because <laughs> the teacher like you know after they played out the scene that first time the teacher said that exact thing he's like why don't you have him like focus on just like what he asked the class like what can he do so like you know this can seem more cohesive and he's like it was packing the truck it was like just take your attention off of her you don't you're done with her like you're you know that's that's you're not worried about that. You're worried about moving on. And, and so that was, that was a cool experience because um, that was an actionable thing he gave the actor so that the context of the scene made more sense when it was played out. And that was a, that was a great thing to kind of witness. Like, yeah. Focus on packing the truck. Yeah. Great. Focus. Is focus the verb in that? Focus would be the verb. Yeah. Like giving <laughs> like an extra, <laughs> well, I guess like packing the truck, I guess would be like more of the, <laughs> Like, just pack the truck. Yeah, I, like, think you know. both, I think both of those are verbs. Yeah. Okay, great. Next, just for clarification, people, we have eight books to go through here. <laughs> we'll see if we got through all of them. Um, next one 
It's called Beyond Continuity by Mary Cybulski. Okay. Uh, you say, this is a one-stop shop for all things involved with script supervision. By landing the gig to wrap. Mary does a great job taking you through the full experience. Yeah. So what did you learn about the full experience or what? What? Yeah, what's... Uh, what? What do you think about that? <laughs> like the, like that? That was one of the first books I bought when I was trying to get into script supervising. And that was just, um, it, like I said, the full experience. Like she tells you how to get the job and what what kind of questions to ask the director in the initial meeting. That's really hel- that's really been helpful for me um, because it's kind of daunting. You don't know this person and like you don't, you don't know how much they know. And so these questions kind of help you figure that out. Like Ooh. what are they Yeah, weak on and what you might need to look out for more so when you go to do the job on the day. Um, do you have examples? Uh, <laughs> <Especially> <laughs> I do. But, well, okay, so I was I was working on – they're never going <laughs> to hopefully see, but I was working on a – I read through a script, and um, there was no day or night in the slug line. Like, I didn't know what time of day it was. And so I go into the meeting, and I ask the director, like, hey, um, you know, I noticed this, like, I can't really, it's going to be hard for me to do the breakdown if I don't know how many days it is or like when we are. So like I asked them like, uh, what did I say? I just, I kind of, I just need a general generalization of like how many days does this story take place over? And I think it was like three days or something, but stuff like that. Like, so I, I kind of know like, okay, now I got to pay a little more attention to matching outfits if we're from scene to scene, because I don't, I might not know what day we're on. Yeah. So did you get specific clarification on when it switches from day to day, or you took the three days and you kind of made your best assumptions? No, I got specifics. I uh, there there are in the script. There's like actionable events where it's like, okay, they go to sleep, and then the next scene is like tonight, the next day. So I kind of went through it with them, and we kind of worked it out. Nice, yeah. nice. <laughs> okay, little basic clarifications there. All right. Okay. (laughs) Script supervising. All right, next. Rebel Without a Crew by Robert Rodriguez. You say, inspiring read for anyone trying to make their film on a shoestring budget. Yeah. So that one, (laughs) I have not, to be honest, I have not read the full book of that one. Okay. But I, I read through like the kind of the beginning chapters and, it's just general general knowledge. So that one's for like somebody that's just starting to get out. And I kind of felt that I had learned, at least from what I read, like a lot of this stuff, um, just by helping out on those early student films. So I didn't I didn't give too much attention to that one. But it, it is one of the books that I kind of will go back to and make sure I'm like. Okay, so when you say it's inspiring, I'm assuming I'll just assume uh, that it gives more confidence to does it or okay does it give confidence to make stuff on shoestring budgets like how comfortable are you with a shoestring budget i guess is the question i mean that's usually the most stressful part about it to me is the money because it's always my own money um so far doing my own stuff and so but i guess that doesn't answer the question (laughs) the shoestring budget aspect of it is i'm pretty comfortable um what's shoestring to you like money wise i guess like i mean like on my first one i spent like 700 so 
that's pretty to me that's pretty shoestring i i didn't think it was gonna cost that much like i wasn't willing to spend that much but it ended up being that because you have to buy crafty for the crew you got to buy lunch you got to at the very least yeah yeah i had to rent sound gear because at the time i have i have more now but at the time the package wasn't that big so i had to rent some stuff and um other expenses i had to pay for parking on that one because we, we shot it downtown downtown la so we had to go to a parking lot and i pay for everybody's parking i had a makeup friend come and help me out and so i paid for her kit so it's just a lot of a lot of stuff yeah it adds up quick yeah it adds up quick and 700 for all of that it makes sense that's yeah. a lot yeah downtown la Courteous to the kit, courteous to parking, yeah. courteous to feeding people. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't ask them to do that when they're coming to help you for basically nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to pay for all that stuff. Okay. Yeah, that's shoestring for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that book that book was more inspiring to me because just because of how much he did with like nothing. It was just his story, just Robert Rodriguez's story is kinda mm-hmm. like kinda crazy. So yeah, I haven't read any of these books, so okay, I'm learning. <laughs> Shoot from the Heart by Diane Bell. Oh. A literal step-by-step guide on how to create and distribute your indie film. Great read for indie filmmakers out there. Yeah, so she got her film into Sundance, and... Um, that book, when I found that, I was like, oh, my God, this is, like, the answer <laughs> to, like, to, like, all the questions I've had about basically funding and, like, producing a, a movie. Um, it literally is, like, uh, like, I'm not using the word literal just sparingly here. It's literal, literally a step-by-step, one, two, three, <laughs> like, guide on how to go from, like, writing your thing to finding uh, the specific type of producer, which is, like, a line producer, and, like, ha- having them help you find funding for it and getting it all the way to like festivals and competition and stuff like that so that was that was great when i um found that book and when i when i made that post she actually like reached out to me on instagram so it's kind of it was kind of cool she's she was so humbled to have her book i guess like in that pile of books that i have because i'm sure she's read all those too like to get her stuff made that's so, awesome yeah okay so what step are you thinking about like uh, are you writing this next one with these steps in mind or yes um i think the 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 main thing which is like one of the early steps is just like finding that line producer like i've i've tried to those have been the people that i have i've had the least amount of contact with in my like journey of working on these different jobs um but i found a couple um and she talks about like different aspects of like kind of like how to vet your line producer like what to ask them um one of the things like for example is like make sure they know the area that you're planning on shooting on really well because they'll know all of the ins and outs of what everything's going to cost and all that kind of stuff and have connections that they might be able to use. So, um, yeah, it's great. It's a great book. Like she breaks it down really, really simply, easy to understand. Yeah. Sundance. Yeah. That's scary. (laughs) That's scary. One day. All right, Writing for Emotional Impact by Carl Iglesias. Oh, yeah. You say, I really enjoy how Carl explains the eight different character archetypes. By examining their motivations, desires, and conflicts, understanding these can help guide you to create emotional beats that allow the audience to empathize with your characters. Mm -hmm. Oh, the eight different archetypes. Yeah. 
So at one point, I had them memorized. <laughs> I don't anymore. <laughs> but uh, that's a really cool one because it, it, it does – I mean, I guess like what you said, I'm, I'm, everything I'm thinking of saying is what you just said. It's like he teaches you on the different character ar- archetypes and based on who those people are, how to make them based, like sympath- sympathetic to the audience. <clears throat> empathize is a better word. <laughs> I'm just trying to change it up because you already said empathize. But <laughs> how to empathize with them. <laughs> so did you write your road trip characters with these archetypes in mind or did you write them and then find the arch- archetype afterwards that'd be more of the pro- yeah the, the the way of things like i'll write it first and then however i write because i don't want it i don't want it to be artificial so like i'll write it and then like based on who he is and what he's doing i'll, I'll like okay which one is he and then i'll you take can, that then you can it. punch it up based yeah. off of some okay yeah that's nice yeah that's yeah. nice. Yeah. So for my process, I'd do that, like, that'd be secondary. Yeah, that'd be, like, a the icing on top, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Similar to write the outline and then watch the movies. You write the character, then categorize them. Yeah. <laughs> versus categorize, I don't know. It's, it can, there's so many ways to write stories. Yeah. So. Uh, this one's a classic. I see this one referenced on... on um, Okay. YouTube, uh, kind of like what are those? Um, uh, like the how to write kind of. Kind of yeah. Okay. It's a story. Oh. By Robert McKee. Yes. Because people do oh video essay is what I meant to oh, say. Okay. Uh, this you say a comprehensive guide to all you need to know about <laughs> screenplay writing. Yeah, you say it like that. <laughs> it's funny that you say it like that because I just, I had that one in there just because, you know, everybody talks about it. I, I, I For some cred. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, um, I actually haven't fully read that one either, but I've read the first, again, like the first, a lot of these have read the first few chapters. But, um, yeah, like, okay, got it, next. Yeah, but like a lot of people... People are conflicted on that one. Like a lot of people don't like it, and a lot of people do like it. They say he's too rigid, and um, just like what the like we were talking about the Robert Iglesias thing. Like I don't, I don't. It's it's nice to have a step by step, and I've always wanted like a step by step. But I, I've been finding out that that's more and more. Wait, Robert Rodriguez or Carl? I'm sorry, Iglesias? the Carl Iglesias, <laughs> the Carl Iglesias book. Um, I'm more and more finding that it's better to just kind of be nat- more natural. It's good to have all these things in the back of your mind and know that they exist. So that when you get to that point, you could be like, oh, yeah, that's something to consider. But, like, I wouldn't – I don't want to be too rigid, you know. Yeah. And I feel like um, the storybook is kind of the same thing. Like, it's it's got all the, the fundamentals there, but I try not to pound them too hard into my brain. Yeah. Yeah. Because, again, yeah, take take what works for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, develop yourself, right? Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's what we're doing here. Yeah. No pressure. No pressure. Uh, last one here is The Godfather Notebook oh, yeah. by well, Frankie Ford. Francis. <laughs> There's no S on there. So. Is it Francis Ford Coppola? Yeah. <laughs> is it Frankie? <laughs> <laughs> There's, okay. Oh, sorry. I got uh, you good? Yeah. Okay, there we go. All right. You sure? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, you say a super cool look behind the scenes at the making of The Godfather, it holds inside the personal notes that Francis Ford Coppola referred to throughout the making of the iconic film, an awesome 
uh, reference for aspiring directors. Sorry, I have like <laughs> lotion on my hands, so I'm not speaking. Oh no. That's okay. Oh, okay. No. I'm going to tell you. Sorry. Yeah, no. So for that one, <laughs> I found that one through an, an interview that I saw on YouTube. I forgot who was doing the interview. It was some director I was getting interested in. Mm-hmm. But he was basically, he basically said like, um, in the interview, he was like, yeah, for anybody like out there directing, because I think they were asking him about his process. They're like, if you want to learn about process, like look at that. He's like, there's like a, a, uh, compilation of like all his notes in like a book form <laughs> that he made on the script on the pages of the script because i guess francis ford coppola there's like a story um he was so nervous about he said this himself he was so nervous about like directing that movie because it was such a big thing at the time that um such a big on taking undertaking that he uh just went to the coffee shop every day and just made like extensive notes on exactly what he wanted to do and how he wanted it and so they've made it into a book and so now you can see he had like this big binder he had this big binder that was basically like the Bible that he took with him everywhere on set. And um, it's all his directing notes and decisions. And so, like, I, I was always – I never got to take a directing class because I didn't go to school for it. And so I was always wondering – I'd see the students, like, carry those around, like the binders and stuff like that. And so I was, I was always wondering, like, what kind of – what kind of notes are they – taking you know like what kind of what kind of uh, what kind of decisions are they making beforehand and um how important specific ones would be and stuff like that so like that's, that was like the perfect book to get an understanding of yeah, it. and to get some context on that yeah from. yeah i know it's always tricky i don't know it's scary stuff i didn't yeah. i didn't take any directing classes either okay. so i feel you there yeah <laughs> Yeah, it always feels like there's more there's more you could be doing or more I could be doing, mm-hmm. you know, with like like I was saying I don't understand costume, I don't see makeup, I don't yeah. like I I'm what's important? What are, what are, Yeah, writing writing in the script and yeah. having those notes on the day to refer to I think could be helpful and helped yeah. helped for the Godfather. Yeah, I know. <laughs> one of the best movies. I had just watched it too. Like it was kind of blasphemy, but I had just watched it at the time. It was like not that long ago, but yeah. I've never, I've never seen it. Oh really? So you gotta okay. get on it. It's yeah. Okay. All right. Um. I want to hear about this. Is kind of like we're we're reaching we're 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 reaching the end here. I want to talk about a little bit about the future. Okay. Um, you mentioned writing writing a your first feature script. Um, I think I saw you posted at some point about like you were directing a pilot for a web series. Yeah. Uh, you've got a you've got this short in post that you're trying to get out the door in the next couple weeks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's yeah? What's what's what do you what are you, what are you excited about? What are you pushing for for um, the second half of the year and stuff? Um. So. So yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. What? Oh, you laid it out pretty pretty well. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, think. I stole your answers. No, no. I I got, I got answers. I mean, it's like the so like what's happening now is that short is kind of taking priority. I want to because I shot that like a year or so ago now, and I I really I feel bad you know for the actors and everybody waiting on it. So I got to finish that, and then um, I'm writing a short. I've written a short that I'm, I'm trying to shoot now. Um, probably next month is what mid, mid, mid of next month I'm trying to shoot it. And then, yeah, the feature, I'd like to finish writing that this year and maybe try to start shooting it next year. That'd be, that's like the plan. Um, yeah. 
So regarding this next short, what are you what what are you pushing yourself on in this next one? I'm tr- well, kind of like we talked about. I'm trying to get all the the culmination of everything I've been learning over the past couple of years as a script supervisor, taking the acting classes, and I really want to like um, hone those all in together and really try to get a project done with all that stuff in mind. Now that I'm like aware of it and conscious of it, um, I, I tried that on the web series that you mentioned. <clears throat> We've only shot two days of it so far. And then, uh, you know, we may or may not finish that one. Like, you know, stuff comes up. So (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if we're going to finish it. But uh, I tried it on that one, and I actually had a lot of people come up to me and say, like, hey, you did a really good job, like, directing. And And these were people I've worked with before, and they've never said that before. So I'm like, okay, it's going going up, you know. The trajectory is, yeah, it felt great. So hopefully on this next short that I'm trying to do, I, I can really, like, push all that stuff I, I really want to focus on and have like, you know, make something that I'm like proud to show people. That's exciting. Yeah. It's exciting. Wish you all the best on that. Thank you. Okay. So <laughs> short, you got the feature. That's a big, that's a big undertaking. Yeah. And then what about script supervising? What's uh, just, just keep on keeping on. Yeah, I mean, script super- I love script supervising. I, d- I didn't get to say some examples that I wanted to because it just didn't work into the conversation, but I've learned so much doing it. Like, okay, and- throw them out. Okay, well, there's- I was on this. I didn't mean to, like, like go into that, but there- well, there was one time I was on set as a script supervisor, and uh, I don't know if – I don't even know if the director was conscious that this was happening, but I was, like, watching the scene, and, you know, we have to line the script to make sure certain dialogue – to see what dialogue is on and off camera so the editor knows when he goes into editing. And I was watching this scene and the camera was panning back and forth through like three people doing this kind of tense conversation. And what was happening was, um, this is like a secret I'm giving away because <laughs> I was going to try to use it on a movie, but you know, people, people have done it before. It's not a, it's not a big thing, but like, so somebody's, uh, there, there was two, so like the mom and the daughter are arguing and as the daughter's like kind of complaining, it's the camera's on the mom and she's um you get the expression of how the mom is taking all this complaints coming at her and then the mom starts to respond and she starts talking and the camera goes back to the daughter and then the daughter is so it's emphasizing like to me it was emphasizing the dialogue but at the same time emphasizing like the acting and the emotion in their expressions and i was like oh that's pretty cool like i would have never caught that if i was like a grip or like a pa i wouldn't have been looking at the monitor that hard to to notice it so like i really I really love script supervising for that, that I get the chance to see, like, decisions like that be made. Yeah. Sorry, say it again. <laughs> so it's pa- so this is, the idea here is it's all playing out in one shot, right? Like, yeah, we're not, sorry. We're not cutting <laughs> anything. No, you're fine. Okay. I, I think I was trying to think about it, and I got lost for a second. Okay. But you're panning, you're kind of, you're swinging, you're panning between two characters. Yeah. And you're panning to them for the dialogue. So, yeah. So the camera, it was just continuously moving. And um, so, yeah, so when one character's dialogue to the other, the person talking would be off screen and the person reacting would be on screen. Oh. And so, and then it, and vice versa. So, that's like, cool. that, okay. that's a way more <laughs> cohesive way of saying it. Sorry. So, the dialogue was always off camera? The dialogue was off camera. And it makes you kind of listen harder almost because you're not seeing them talking. That's cool. You kind of take it for granted that you can watch people say words when they talk. So like, yeah, it kind of drew your attention more to like what was being said yeah. while, while also showing you the effect of what was being said 
on screen. So yeah, I, I love thought, that. I love that. I stuff. thought that was cool. Yeah. I think a lot of baby directors fall into that trap of like, I need that dialogue covered. Like we mm-hmm. we have to see every line mm-hmm. from every character, even if the character is just a server that's a day player that's only here for two hours. Yeah. Like we got to cover that. It's like you don't have to cover that. Yeah. You know, or maybe you do, but I think some directors fall into the trap of like getting into kind of basic coverage like uh-huh. single single wide over yeah. over and it's like well where's the creativity here yeah. where's the where's your cool angle how can you cover this in just one setup or you know that, yeah. that kind of stuff so that's a fun idea yeah that was that was really cool you're gonna, you're gonna try it yeah i'm gonna try it i'm gonna we'll see <laughs> like i should try it i should try it yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I definitely want to because I thought that was really cool. Somebody's going to be like, are you sure you, you don't want to get this covered? The DP's going to be like, you want this covered, right? And you're like, this is it. <laughs> I don't want to see yeah. them talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes it easier in the edit too. Like if she messes up on a line, we just, we'll just pick it up and like. <laughs> that's funny. A wild line or something. That's funny. I like that. Yeah. I think more directors should be trying to find creative ways to cover scenes mm-hmm. in different ways yeah 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 as long as it works for like what's going on well yeah yeah that's the whole thing yeah yeah okay great script supervising everybody yeah um it's the thing to do for (laughs) directing that's cool i'm excited to uh to to see the stuff and to see you finish this other one and jump into the next one yeah you want to finish this one Get it off the plate. You can focus fully on the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah, and I won't feel guilty. All right. So for for those that want to keep up with your journey, yeah. That where where's the best place to uh, keep up with all things Kyle Stevens? <laughs> well, you can go like to my Instagram that you mentioned earlier, Kyle B Stevens, all one word. Um, my YouTube channel. I'm I'm planning on updating. I used to do it like years ago. I'm gonna use the same channel. And uh, right now, the name is Manga Pro. It's M-N-G-A-P-R-O. Um, if I change it in the future, it will be Kyle, Kyle B. Stevens, all one word. Um, but, yeah, that's that's the two main places you can find me now. Great. Yeah. All right. So I think, uh, I think that's the show, everybody. Okay. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe. Uh, you do the thing. I don't know. There's, there's, we, this is on YouTube. This is on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So wherever you're listening or watching, leave the leave a comment or like it or share it or whatever if you enjoy. Again, I am your host, Eddie V. Hill. And uh, bye, everybody. Yeah, bye. Thank you. Boom, 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 boom.